0: and welcome to another episode of NatChat. Today, I am joined by Mike Rohn from Pure Storage, who is an AVP of Systems Engineering. So welcome to NatChat, Mike.
1: Thank you very much, Hayley.
0: And today, we're going to be talking all around sustainability. So maybe to kickstart us off, Mike, if you wouldn't mind giving a little introduction to the audience of who you are and what you do at pure
1: Sure, thank you. Um, So 10 years of Puritan officially this week, uh, I lead a team of systems engineers, so uh, essentially pre-sales resources uh, across UK and Ireland, and some of, of Emir. Uh, so I'm a techie at heart, uh, but the theme of sustainability is something that is just really coming to focus for me, especially during the last couple of years. Uh, so uh, it's an area just which I, I enjoy learning uh, about, I enjoy talking about, and hopefully I can share some of that knowledge with the uh, with the group today.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And ten years, congratulations. But and quite a few people might ask, like, why is sustainability such a, a concern and hot topic for pure? Why yeah. why in this world?
1: So um, there's there's a, a belief that data centres consume a lot of power uh, and require a lot of cooling, which is, which is correct, and also that has its own impacts uh, on the environment via carbon emissions. And so given that we produce uh, products that go inside data centres, it's just become really front and centre for us. Um, especially during the last couple of years, so the belief is anywhere between one to four percent of the entire power in the world is consumed by data centers. One to two is a stat you 'll typically see more recently seeing this might be more accurate at the four percent level it 's hard to say where it is, but either even at one percent it 's a massive amount of power when you consider how much power we do consume the carbon emissions go hand in hand with that generally the more power you, cre- you 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 create and the more you use. The, the carbon emissions as a you know a, a direct um, offset of that. Um water also is a, a real challenge and data centers use a hell of a lot of water. Typical data center will use hundreds of thousands of gallons of water per year. And then the usage of the land. Data centers are very, very big now and they're using land that can't be then utilized for for anything else. So, compound all of that data is growing really, really fast, and um, it's now on a completely unprecedented uh, level uh, and, and just growing every day. Some of this is driven by things like AI, for example. AI is, uh, when you look at machine learning, the more data you can put into uh, a neural network, the better your um, outcome can be. So that's really driving it. And also during lockdown, and I hate to use that word again so so many months on now, but uh, lockdown drove an acceleration in digital transformation which in turn then you know drives the requirement for more data uh, and therefore impacting our planet
0: exactly i think quite often people when they're thinking about um, industries or or technology or services which generate a lot and have a massive impact to the environment they automatically think things like air travel and, and and aviation when actually like the data centers are contributing just as much um, and it's almost like the unseen carbon footprint of every single application that we use day in, day out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely agree. I think the um, the really interesting point about this, Haley, is that you've, you've got the scope one, two and three emissions. And depending on where you look and depending on how organisations kind of view those things, really depend on, you know, how good or bad organisations are of trying to reduce those scopes. But certainly within IT, the data centre is a major proportion of the carbon emissions from the whole cradle to grave of getting stuff out the ground to put into products like pure storage, uh, to then using them, and then essentially you know chucking them in the landfill as e waste at you know a given point in this life cycle.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned there obviously scope one, two, and three, which is becoming a far more reoccurring kind of language that we're hearing across all different businesses, across every industry as well. This isn't specific to to private sector, public sector. Um, But it's interesting how obviously the shift of the responsibility to business and are you seeing that translate into how people are then considering their technology choices and and their technology roadmaps and investment?
1: Absolutely. So I think the first thing to mention, Haley, is some organizations take this theme really seriously. Um some uh, will have an outward-facing website that might look like they're taking it seriously, but internally not so much. I would say about half of the organizations I talk to or research really take this seriously now. Um, I was reading a Harvard Business Review article a couple of weeks ago, and it talked about the changing role of uh, a CSO or a Chief Sustainability Officer. A lot of organizations hired this persona in because it looked good. It looked good you know, out, out externally to, to customers, investors, and, and that type of persona. Um, but uh, until recently, those CSOs didn't really hold that much power and influence in the C-suite. That certainly seems to be changing now. Um, it's not just a, a nice-to-have, looks-good externally. It's organizations that take this um, theme really seriously now, really trying to drive the change within their respective uh, organizations. I'm also reading that CIOs, for example, are uh, being increasingly incentivized um, to have greener data centers. And there was a stat I read a few, a few months back now that said by 2025, over 50% of the CIO surveyed would somehow be incentivized to have greener data centers and greener stuff within the data centers. And, of course, finally, a lot of organizations now that are starting to take this more seriously um, uh, publish their own ESG reports. So this kind of is a report that says this is where we are today across the ES and the G, and this is our goals going forward. Goals very much look similar across industries. Normally, there's some level of reduction in carbon emissions by 2030 and then net neutral by about 2040.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that around like the new roles developing to like spearhead this and take it forward within organisations. You know, we're seeing within a couple of our clients that the the targets and almost the KPIs to contribute to the sustainability goals of the business are starting to filter down from, from that top level down into different teams across the business. I don't think it'll be too long before now when everybody will have an element of responsibility to their roles in regards to sustainability. I think we're, we're a little, little way off that, but even when, Uh, companies are going out asking uh, you know for going out to tender or rfp for any suppliers or or any kind of partnerships there there will be questions and there will be you know challenges around what the partners are doing what the manufacturers what the vendors everybody in that supply chain of business will be held accountable
1: Um, i couldn't agree more hayley and i think just within businesses as well it's not just the c-suite that care about this now is absolutely getting pushed down to heads of infrastructure um for example where in the past you know they wanted less rack space power and cooling but this is from a slightly different angle it's just the whole rack space and not having enough and now they're very much more interested in the cost of that power and also the impact it's having on the planet which is a great thing for all of us
0: yeah and and it kind of takes us nicely in because obviously like you said people before were looking for like less rack space and from maybe like driven by a cost perspective or when they were looking at data center refreshes you know speed would be like top of the agenda Um, and now sustainability is being considered but how is pure like balance that in regards to incorporating what businesses want from a sustainable side but also not compromising on, on the the speed and the de and the features and the functionalities are pure
1: yeah great question um i think first of all i think things like performance are given now you know when we came to market with this all flash array thing uh 14 years ago now it was pretty new not many people really knew what it was but the whole play at the time was absolutely performance and also reducing your rack space uh, power and cooling at the time um it's it's uh Interesting to see how that has changed over the period of certainly my time at Pure, but actually it's a message that's starting to reappear. With uh, Flash getting to a certain price point and the whole sustainability drive towards having greener data centres, we're now seeing that a lot of kind of tier two, tier three stories that was typically based on hard disk drives are now also switching uh, to Flash. Um, As data has grown, as we mentioned, we've got to try and always physically crunch down the, the rack space we're taking up, but also the power used by that stuff in the data center um at pure we have it's a marketing number but it's it's definitely verified and backed up we have a an 85 percent decrease in power and cooling versus several competitors in the market and we're working as part of our own esg uh initiatives to try and uh, decrease that i've mentioned earlier on less power and cooling means less water less carbon emissions less physical physical rack space um and one other important point i think worth mentioning is e-waste so Assuming we chuck away about 50 million tonnes of e-waste every year, not all of that is storage, of course, or infrastructure, but just electronic waste in general. And we've got to do a much better job of using it for longer or recycling the materials within that in in some way. And so people have something called Evergreen Forever where ultimately you might change components out over a given time, but you never kind of chuck away, lock, you know, lock, stock everything you've got. This kind of means that you're actually, uh, the e-waste uh, from, an X70, for example, is typically 25% versus 200% uh, from other vendors. Now, I say 200% because storage array might last you five years. So you might then get rid of that array in five years, have it for another five years on a new array. That's the 200%. Whereas with Pure, it typically lasts well in excess of 10 years. But there might be some components that have been changed out along the way to, uh, to to upgrade it as part of their subscription services. And then you mentioned, Hayley, just finally one point. Uh, data reduction. Data reduction is really key, um, especially when you look at the public cloud, doesn't do data reduction uh, very well, at least. And the the, sim- the real simple form here is you can reduce your data by even two to one, three to one, or four to one. You know, that's half the kit or maybe the quarter of the physical kit uh, you might actually need.
0: Yes. I remember our CTO at Natalik, you know, we we run off um, pure. And when he first did the data center refresh years ago bringing impure in into our stack um he was very skeptical on the the DG kind of rate and was just like no this this can't be possible um but was really kind of pleasantly surprised when it when it hit that and actually exceeded that so i do think that it's a bit of like an unsung hero in the transformation that you can see yeah. in regards to your storage kind of strategy yeah um, and yeah there has been something which has come out recently which got me very excited. I know it got announced at the a little bit more focus in the Pure Accelerate um, this year. Is the energy SLA? Now yeah. that is something which I haven't heard a storage uh, provided to do yet. So talk yeah. us through it a little bit. What is it?
1: Yeah. So you've got um, you've got a, a portal into your single array or your uh, fleet of arrays from Pure called Pure One. And we're always already uh, we're always adding features to that, and one of the latest features is the energy SLA. So you can go into Pure One to read only. You can access it from anywhere in the world with the right credentials, and you can ultimately see what your storage arrays are using real time in terms of power, and then the carbon emissions associated with that as well. And the thing about this whole sustainability agenda is um greenwashing is prevalent where organizations say they are doing something to do with sustainability and actually scratch under the surface and it's really not that strong so what we're kind of trying to do here is put our money where our mouth is we're saying we're really really efficient we're willing to kind of show that in a GUI that can be accessed anywhere in the world um, and if we fall outside of the uh, watts per terabyte that we say that particular array or fleet will use we'll try and uh, have some remediation of course or if not we'll place service credits against that so it's just really saying we really believe in this. Uh, and if it goes outside of certain parameters, we'll make good on it.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to, like you say, put your money where your mouth is and, and be held accountable for the statements that you're putting out into the market. Yeah. There is quite a lot of greenwashing and, and greening of logos, but um, it's nice to see the steps being made for that accountability proof point. Absolutely. Definitely. And then final question before we wrap up for today. What do you think it's going to look like in five years' time? If I give you the crystal ball.
1: Well, I think certainly almost all businesses will be taking this more seriously. Um, It is good business to take this seriously, first and foremost. It can can save save a lot of money, certainly the way the cost of electricity has gone recently. Data centres are not immune to that. Um, But I'd like to see... Most organisations are taking it seriously. I would like to see organisations like Pure and others that have already introduced their ESG reports to really be moving towards those goals at pace. Five years from now, we'll be about two years away from the 2030 goals that a lot of organisations have set. And so it'd be very disappointing if we got to that stage and actually a large majority of businesses never really reached that goal. What I'd like to see is they reach some goals and actually they're starting to accelerate towards the 2040 goals and actually trying to bring them forward. I'd like to think that is going to happen. There's so much focus on that. There's so many regulations coming in to kind of force the hand of organisations. And actually, if you just look at hiring great talent into your organisation, if you haven't got a great ESG story, that's hard, especially the younger generation. Um, If you're looking for um, to get some sort of investment in your organisation, whether it's a public or you want to go, uh, uh, if you're private, want to go public, there's a lot of focus on this theme now so you haven't got a good story around it it's not good for business but ultimately i think as this theme comes in focus for us is just human beings i think we're all trying to do a little bit more and we can't all do it overnight some people start using plastic bottles for example and they build from there but if we keep kind of just peeling the onion uh, at a good rate i think we'll be in a much better position uh, as humans in the next five years still with lots of work to do of course
0: Brilliant. I couldn't agree more. Right. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining us today. It's been really insightful. And I hope that we will meet again on NatChat before the five years is up.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Hayley.
0: Thank you. Bye. Mm